episode 21. Brainstorming random ideas. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And oh we're... man, we're <laughs> not. That's smart. Pick it up. Come on, pick we're it up. We're just all making fun of Howard, who's in the corner, <laughs> like curled up in a blanket because he's so tired. Um, we we have we have drowsy Howard this week. So um, yep. and drowsy like Howard fleshy. actually refuses to phone it in. So okay, good. Pick up your game, people. <laughs> Sorry, I was still the, writing. The blanket is on your head. This is anyway. Okay. So um, this week we're, we're going to do something um, fun. What we did is a uh, couple of months ago, I guess more like a six months ago, Jordo pitched us random crazy ideas that he found on news stories, and we built stories around them. We decided this time, instead of just doing that live improv, we would get the ideas ahead of time and spend a little bit of time actually building a story so that when we came to the podcast, we'd be ready to show you the different styles of um, story building that we use. And... We don't know if this is going to work, but we hope that each of us will have used these ideas in different ways to build a different type of story. Um, I bet we have four identical stories. Yeah, that, would, will be, be that very would be funny. ironic. In fact, um, I, I, I will lay down money right now that we have at least two incredibly similar stories. Well, let's see. We'll see. Um, if we get four, then it's, um, it's uh, Yahtzee. <laughs> in fact, here we go. Here's my dollar on the table. Oh, wow. There is actually... <laughs> this is... That's one dollar more than I actually have in my <laughs> wallet. So episode Dan is throwing money around and Howard is curled up and whimpering. Um, all right, so um, here are our four ideas. I'm going to read them off as they were given to me by Jordo from his wacky news story. Well, you read the first. We'll each read one. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You start with the first one. Wary of iguanas, bored Germans finally venture out. Heroic mailman saves three lives while on the job. Dolphin charged with battery against girlfriend. Austrian power company tells customers she is dead. So, <laughs> um, here we go. We had to take these four ideas and come up with something. Um, who are we going to make go first? Who wants to go first? Mary wrote stuff down. Okay, Mary, um, we'll just go, we'll go from you to me and then to Howard and Dan. Okay. Wet tech, is, wet tech is the new rage. It's cheaper to modify animals than to make robots. And you can just transfer the software patch to a new animal chassis when the old one wears out. It's therefore possible for a person to ride an animal. Uh, iguanas often serve as ways to check power lines but double the surveillance. Gerta, my German, is a wet technician. She's a civilian contractor for the German military and has a large stable of modified animals. Her boyfriend was one of her interns, and though she feels like a cougar, she loves having him around and how eager he is to learn. At work, she's hooking up a dolphin to check the wave generator power station for damage when she realizes that someone is already riding it. The patch has been hacked. Through the signature, she realizes that it is her boyfriend joyriding. She tries to talk him out of it, and he attacks her. They are within sight of a marina, and a mailman tries to pull her out of the water. <laughs> Once she's safe, she taps her email to alert the authorities and discovers that the power company is turned out for power because they think she's dead. In the process of trying to get that straightened out, Gerta realizes that she's been listed as dead everywhere. What's more, her boyfriend has cleaned out her accounts, claiming to be next of kin. That gives him access to all of her passwords and to the entire network. She has to alert the authorities, but her boyfriend hops from animal body to animal body to stop her. After an epic battle where their animal avatars face off, she defeats him using an actual cougar. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm kind of embarrassed. This has mine. been writing excuses. The rest of us are just going to go home. 
my first line? Okay, go for your first line. The iguana was staring at her. Probably some teenager jacked in for a joyride. Mmm. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, this turned out really well. Um, what you're going to see, listeners, or you, if you if you analyze this, what Mary did is she. Um, I'm just going to armchair it. She took these concepts and she's tried to find character out of it, um, and she tried to make the characters distinctive, um, and did a good job of that. Um, with uh, you know, you'll notice that Girta is um, is a cougar. We know some things about her. She has some quirks, so she worries she's a cougar. She's not, you know, um, she's got some quirks about her. You uh, you actually tried to build an antagonist into it, and um, ad ended up having the boyfriend. Um, and you use that kind of sign of tension, dolphin charged with battery against your girlfriend. I guess the boyfriend jacking into the dolphin, attacking the girlfriend. Um, anyway, this is, you're looking for conflict, character, um, and take and, and premise and combining it all together. It worked very well. Thank you. Um, here's what I came up with. Um, and mine is I actually don't have like um, a, just telling you the, the story straight out like that. I, I, had, I wrote down my process. Um, I looked at these four things and I said, okay, the first, where am I going to go? Well, I thought if I'm going to try and make something distinctive that these other three won't, I'll try and focus on what I do. So um, I, I tried to build a magic system out of this. Mm. Um, and so the thing that was most interesting to me out of this um, was the idea of the mailman connecting with the woman being informed by a letter that she's dead. And I'm like, okay, we've got, a, we've got a tie there, a connection. So we're looking at some sort of letter-based magic system. Um, and I wanted to, to tie together this whole idea of the power company. And so what I came up with was an idea of, um, I thought, well, what if we, we have some letters that um, the mailman is carrying a patch of, back, patch of letters that have magical effects when they're read. So something happened at this power company that um, when they shipped out their bills, each of these bills actually became a magic spell. Um, something about the bill I has, am a winner. has magic spells. <laughs> um, and so, what did you do? I said, thing? I am a winner. Oh, right. You yeah, are. you get a, yeah, you open up yeah. the letter and, and now something you are a happens. permanent winner. Yeah. Right. Something happens from the letter company's, um, the, the power company's bills. And so, um, I from there decided, okay, we've got the mailman who's got these letters. He knows what's happening. I had to tie him into, so I made my mailman a theoretical physicist, failed theoretical physicist who'd worked with the power company with some sort of grant where he was trying to do something weird with um, theoretical physics. And um, he therefore had science, science, it's science <laughs> or magic of some sort, um, you know, quantum things. I'm not a science fiction, I'm a fantasist. Insert okay. technobabble here. Insert technobabble and there was some sort of alternate portal dimension thingy and it charged the letters with these random effects. Brandon's got the science fiction salt shaker. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, and so from there, um, I, I actually wrote into it a woman working for the power company, an old lady that they hired to send out their billing because I wanted some more individuality to it. And the reason this is happening is she just couldn't send out these blank letters, these, these form letters. She had to add a personalized note to each of them. And it's actually the personalized note that she wrote that determines the spell's effects um, so that we can have, you know, why these generic form letters are all doing something different. Some interaction between what she wrote and the numbers on the bill generate the effects and our hero the mailman is trying to figure out what these letters do um, they have brought all dolphins in the world to sentience um, and the dolphins of the world are now trying to take over um, 
And I need to dig deeper into that. I need to dig deeper into the protagonist who I decided got fired because he was too much of a daredevil. Um, he was too much uh, of, a, of a risk taker. Um, and I'm not sure even how I got to that. Oh, heroic. Heroic mailman. That word said risk taker. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, you're, do, you're, you're off the charts. You're doing wacky, weird things. You're not, you know. Um, <laughs> give me your badge and your mail your bag. Badge. <laughs> not your mail. He's working as a mailman now. He, he oh, lost okay. his theoretical physicist <laughs> license because he was. Give too, me your badge and your calculator. We're yeah. worried that you're going to go postal, so just yeah. go postal. And so he went and got the only job he could, which was mailman. And then all these letters started coming through him. So he is using these letters himself, trying to harness the power of them to cast these spells with the various letters while he stops the goblet or the the dolphin and iguana revolution who are trying to take (laughs) over the world at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nice. I'm impressed that we had a dolphin and iguana revolution. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, um, after that story, let's do a time for Book of the Week. week. And yeah. uh, because we are doing, we're, we're building stories around very weird uh, outlining process. Uh, the book of the week this week is The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. Uh, this is uh, one of his first novels. It's a historical fiction. Well, it's an alternate history. It's um, Earth post-World War II when the U.S. lost and everything is run by Japan. And what's really interesting about this is that Dick wrote it uh, using the Book of Changes, the Tao Te Ching and the, the letter sticks he would actually, whenever he came to a, a new point in the story where something would have to change, he would consult that and then do whatever it told him. And he reportedly was very pleased with some of those and very displeased with some of the other choices, but he followed through with it anyway. And the book is very interesting and very unpredictable because of that. Uh, and so again, that's The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. Howard, where can they find that? Ah, uh, audiblepodcast.com slash excuse you can kick off a 14-day trial membership for free and download some philip k dick or some of just about anything else all right so um howard let's go on with yours okay we open on the mailman and the uh the the opening line is the letter in his hand meant the people in the house were dead Mm. um so the mailman is delivering hard copy to a residence, and this is in a world in which hard copy is pretty unusual. He's delivering hard copy because electronic communications, uh, pretty much everything else, to this residence uh, has been severed. It's mm-hmm. a termination notice saying, you know, we're done, you haven't been paying the bills, uh, everything is cut off. The people in the house are all robots, and so they are effectively dead with this declaration. Well, he looks at this letter and recognizes what's happened and decides 
to go in and, uh, and see, because there's a pile of mail, you know, they may not have been getting the other notice. He decides to go in and, uh, and see if he can help. Um, the next character we're going, to, uh, we're going to go to is the dolphin, uplifted dolphin, whose robotic girlfriend has been having trouble paying her bills, and uh, he is involved or uh, you know, able to connect to some black market power, and he charges her battery, and that's uh, how you I... stole oh, my, my pun, you jerk. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I looked at that pun a... <laughs> and said, Howard and Dan have these in front of them. Um, there, so. is a piece, there is a piece of our Yahtzee. So the robotic, the, the robotic girlfriend uh, is being kept alive by black market power uh, from, uh, from the dolphin. Um, well, the mailman ends up uh, saving the lives of the robots in the house. I'm not quite sure exactly how. Um, and the, the dolphin, the mailman, the residents of the house who include, you know, obviously a female who meets the qualifications of woman informed by power company that she's dead, um, the robotic girlfriend, all end up in, in uh, essentially power company court in front of the power company, um, you know, up on charges, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and that is the point at which the iguana men land in Leipzig. <laughs> this is an epic tale of man and machine, of femme fatale and finned friend, as they are pitted against the invading lizards of Leipzig. <laughs> is that the book title? The Lizards of Leipzig? Lizards of Leipzig. Oh, yeah. great. I like it. I don't. <laughs> and so, fair listener, don't make me write it, please. Now we need to start a petition. Yeah. No, we don't. you shouldn't have said that. Start Dan a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> a Kickstarter campaign. Okay, you know what? If I can come up with fifteen thousand dollars to write this book, that's a decent advance yeah. for a stupid sure. sci-fi comedy. I'll totally write it for that. Okay. All right. Are we on to me now? I yep. think okay. We are. Mine is a post-apocalyptic world, and the nature of this apocalypse has basically destroyed all uh, animal life, and so the only things left are robots, various, you know, humanoid androids, uh, robotic animals, all of these different things, and uh, there are no actual humans left, although the robots are constantly searching for them, because legends tell that there's still a group of actual humans somewhere on the planet. Uh, part of the problem also is that the ability to generate power has been drastically reduced, and since that is basically the food that keeps this population alive, it is very tightly controlled. And so our story begins with a uh, woman essentially being shut off. The power company sends her a letter and says, you know, you have failed to pay your power bill. We're cutting you off at the end of the day. She has one day to live. And, and so she is struggling desperately during that day to uh, solve this mystery of, uh, you know, where the humans are. She, of course, has to resort to a mailman, the... Uh, subterranean communities that manage to survive can only communicate with uh, uh, with each other by sending these you know mailman androids from one to another and they have to be very wary because the robot animals that are left over are able to uh, actually gain power by stealing it from other creatures that they find all of whom of course are robotic so the uh, androids don't venture onto the surface very often and of course at one point there is a dolphin who's actually charged <laughs> With a battery, but do that's not funny anymore. Do Thank Android, you, Howard. Sorry. Do, do Androids run from electric sheep? 
Okay, <laughs> on that note, um, so the whole point of this was to, we did actually come up with fairly different stories. The mm -hmm. story seeds that we used were so kind of bizarre that our stories did take a bizarre turn, um, all of them in, um, in, in kind of the same way. I do like that Mary's um, incorporated the animals um, in probably what I think is the best way um, with the whole, the whole wetware, ride the animals sort of thing. Um, I have to say that I looked at Uplift um, yeah. and discarded it because I felt like um, it was going to give relationships that were too strange. Yeah. And that was going to overpower the rest of the... Uh, yeah, that, yeah. And that, that's the, a worry. The dolphin and his robotic dolphin girlfriend are really out there. Yeah. <laughs> really um, out and, there. And that, that's a, that was a problem. Not as out there this. as the dolphin and the robotic human girlfriend, which is totally what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> Anyway, um, what we're going to, I'm going to do is, I'm, I thought okay, so too. Good. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'll send mine um, to Howard so he can post in the liner notes. Um, just minor bullet points. You can see kind of how I outline a book by looking at my bullet points. Um, and um, any of the others, if they want to send them along, we'll do it too. Um, hopefully this was useful to you. Uh, this has been Ryan Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go right. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.